Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. Praise God. Amen. We're going to change from the series this morning for this week. Just because of uh, so many people that are being challenged physically with COVID-19 and other situations. And I just felt impressed to share this message with you, which is really very meaningful to me. Because what you're about to hear this morning is the reason why my oldest daughter, Lisa, is alive. It's the reason why I have two older boys. Jason is here. BJ William is in California. And also, I thank God, because of this message, Andrew is alive. And I'm going to preface it all by saying there are many here today that are alive as a result of this message as well. And yes, I understand it's not maybe the most exciting thing, but it is the most important thing. We thank God that He has given us His Word so we can understand how to cooperate with Him so His purposes can be fulfilled in our lives. And that's what this message is all about. So look at the book of James, chapter 1. This is from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. This is James, the half-brother of our Lord, and this is what he says beginning at verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives... Everybody say gives. Gives to all generously and without criticizing or finding fault. And it will be given him. Who's the giver? God is. But, you knew there'd be a but. But let him ask in doubt and unbelief. With worry and fear and frustration. No, let him ask in what? Faith. Without doubting. Everybody say ouch. Got to deal with doubt, don't we? Without doubting. For the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Wow. An indecisive man is unstable in all his ways. Notice he didn't say God wouldn't give because he said God gives to all how? Liberally, graciously, bountifully, generously. But if we doubt, then we're not going to receive what God has given. And that's what this ministry has really been all about over the years. So, let's look at this. There's different ways that we all learn. Auditory. You're hearing something today that will help us learn some truths, right? And Jesus said, take heed what you hear. And take heed how you hear. Because what you hear is going to be what you have faith in. The gospel we hear is the gospel we live by. We're going to have faith in what we hear. So take heed what you hear and take heed how you hear it. We don't always hear things accurately, do we? Okay, so that's important to know. But secondly, we learn by visual. 
learning, seeing. So it's not just hearing by seeing. Remember in Luke 5.15 when it says that they came to hear and to be healed by him? They didn't come just to get healed. They came to hear and be healed by him. Now, visual learning is different. We see something. For example, we've got some visual aids for you here this morning. Um, look at this first visual aid. Normally, back when, when I was uh, younger and also when my kids were in school, there was a car like that brought in some cases to the parking lot of the um, school that they attended. And it would be a car that was demolished. And they would let you know that the passengers were drinking and driving. As a result, many lost their lives. As a visual aid, what are they doing? You may not hear it, but when you see that, it impacts you in such a way that, oh my goodness. Now today, it's, it's don't text and drive. Oh boy. Anybody guilty of that ever? Texting? No, no one here has been guilty of that ever, right? Until something happens like that, and then you go, oh my goodness, right? Okay, that's number two. That's number one. Um, but then also, look at the next one. And this is, once again, a message that's being sent to people. You've got a good brain? Well, this is a brain on drugs. All scrambled, messed up, and so on and so forth. So, what's the message that's being sent out? Don't do drugs. You may not see your brain being affected by it, but it is being affected by it. So, don't do drugs. And look at the next one. And we can all relate to this as well. Here is a healthy lung. Here's the lung of someone who's been smoking for so many years. You don't see it when it's happening, when you're doing it. But they show you that picture and you go, which lung would you choose to have? What's the message? That's what you're doing to yourself. And it's trying to get a person to stop either the texting, the drinking and driving, or testing and driving, and the smoking that's going to create that problem in your life. So we can learn visually. But then we can learn by touch. I call this the school of hard knocks. Have you ever been there? It's learning by doing. Hearing, seeing, and now doing. Doing. Like what? You tell your child, don't touch the stove, it's hot. They heard you. They see the stove. But they're curious. So they touch the stove and I guarantee you, they'll think twice about touching the stove again when they get burnt. The school of hard knocks. What about electricity? Anybody ever touch a live wire? Sure, we've all done that, or many of us have done that. We can do it. We can fix it without turning off the current. We can, we can do that until zap, you get knocked off the chair and on the floor and whatever. But you get the point. We learn by doing, and we see that happening. Anybody ever touch a beehive? Well, I've learned a lesson. I didn't mean to do it. But I was cutting my grass one day, and as I was walking underneath the one little tree in the front yard, I didn't know there was a beehive there, and I bumped the branch with my head. And next thing I knew, I had nine bee stings on my side of my neck and my ear. I went running into the house immediately. I should have said bee leave. But there wasn't time at that moment. I was going for safety. And by the way, since I said that, when it comes to healing and receiving from God, especially when it comes to healing... There's a natural means, 
I ran into the house. That's the natural means. There's the medical means. And we thank God for medical assistance and help, right? But then there's a spiritual means by which we can be helped. And there's nothing wrong with employing all three. So when it comes to this pandemic, absolutely. In the natural, you can do whatever you can do. And many have tried to do that. We've all tried to do that, whether it's mask wearing or even staying in your home. I know some people that stayed in their home. They haven't been out of their house for days, months. Still, it doesn't matter. You try everything you can in the natural, but in the natural, it doesn't always work also. We know that. Then there's the medical route. And there were those that waited too long to get medical help. And guess what? In some cases, almost died. Matter of fact, the doctor said, if you didn't get here, if you would have been a day later, you would have been dead. I know people are reluctant and apprehensive to do that, but yet it's out there for us and sometimes we're not, I guess, aware enough or whatever. I don't know. We just don't like hospitals and doctors and all that. But anyhow, there's the medical means. But then also there's the spiritual means. And when it comes to the spiritual aspects of it, I think sometimes we think that spiritual means magical. It does not mean magical. It doesn't mean that God just waves a wand over who he wants to heal, who he doesn't want to heal. It doesn't work that way, which is why we've been committed in this church to helping people, to teaching people how to cooperate with God, to receive. You can use naturally, natural means, you can use medical means, and spiritual means in order to receive from God. There's no reason why we can't use them all. But we need to learn how to cooperate with God, spiritually speaking. And that's the reason for this message. Now James, he learned from the best. Before the resurrection, he saw Jesus... He heard Jesus, he touched Jesus, he was his brother, he played ball with him. But when Jesus got in his ministry, guess what? He didn't care, because James didn't believe in him. thought he was crazy. After the resurrection, he saw Jesus, he heard Jesus, he touched Jesus, and he wrote James. And what did he write in James? You want to receive from God? You can't doubt. He's the giver. He's a perfect giver. We're the receiver. We're imperfect receivers. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Hey, the giver's perfect. God does not have to improve his giving skills. We have to improve our receiving skills. Can we agree to that? Amen. There's no doubt about that. That's a fact. So, it's important we understand that. And let me give you some Background here, let me give you some scriptures to prove what I'm saying is true. Look at Matthew 21, 22. This is Jesus teaching, and now James heard it. He probably heard it for the first time with ears that hear. And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, doubting, complaining, what? Believing you shall receive. Now, we could ask Jesus, why did you put that word believing in there? Could we just ask and it be done? No, you got to believe, which means it requires faith. Look at Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, and verse 23. What do you mean, if I can? This is Jesus speaking when the guy said to him, If you can do something, help us. He says, What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person doubts. What does he have to do? Believes. Okay, look at Mark 11 and 24. This is from the New Living. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, not that you're going to receive it, 
but you have received it, it will be yours. James finally heard this. So James penned that and said, look, it's not the giver. The giver's perfect. Every good and perfect gift is from above, right? Okay. He's freely given us all things in Christ, right? He that spared not his only son, but the, the delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Ask, and it shall be given. The giver is perfect. The receiver is imperfect. We got a lot that we go through in this life. We have a lot of doubts to deal with, don't we? Attacks of the enemy, right? Coming against our mind and that sort of thing. So the giver is perfect, but the receiver is not. And we have to hone in on those things and tune up our lives spiritually so that we don't doubt. And that's what this is all about. God wants us to believe and not doubt. So James begins with wisdom. And what does he say? If you lack wisdom, ask of God who gives to all men liberally. But you've got to ask in faith. Because if you don't and you doubt, you're not going to get it. And you're not going to get Everybody say anything. See, he starts with wisdom and he ends with what? Anything. So it applies to what? Anything and everything. How are we saved? You're saved by grace through what? Faith. By believing. So I've got to receive Christ as my Savior. How do I receive the Holy Spirit? By faith. I've got to believe. Look in Acts chapter 19 and verse 2. What it says? He said to them, have you received? Have you received? Have you received? He didn't say, did God give you? Did God give you? Did God give you? Have you received? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said that we, we not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. We receive salvation by grace through faith. We have to believe on Christ. Whosoever believes on him shall be saved. We receive the Holy Ghost by faith. It's not God giving. It's our receiving. And then we receive forgiveness. How? Go to 1 John 1, 9. What does it say? If you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So we receive forgiveness. We receive mercy. Go to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. So we receive what God has given. So look at it this way. God's like the sun and shield who gives grace and glory. And no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. How's walking uprightly? In faith. We walk in faith and believe. We receive the things He has given us. Now, we see Jesus teaching this. Look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 2. Because I want you to see that includes everything that grace offers. By whom also, this is through Christ, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. How do we access the grace of God? By faith. Faith is believing. It is believing something above what we see. Scripture tells us that clearly. So that's why I said earlier, what are we going through in this life? Whatever it is, what are we supposed to say? I believe. Is there a storm? I believe. Is there a challenge? I believe. Is there a difficulty? I believe. Do we need strength? I believe. I believe. I believe. God wants us to trust Him. God wants us to believe Him. So here are some points before we get into helps. Helps is very essential and very important. But before we get there, some things that also help us along the way. Look in Matthew's Gospel. We're going to point out some things that are needful for us to understand as a foundational basis so we can learn how to cooperate with God and receive what He's provided for us. Here in Matthew 8, 2, and 3, we have a leper coming to Jesus. And you can only imagine what his life was like. He comes to him and he says, uh, 
Lord, if thou wilt, you can make me clean. Notice this, the word. If you will. He didn't know the will of God, which means what? What does if mean? He doubts it, right? So how can he ask in faith if he doubts it? If you will, I don't know your will. You can make me clean. Jesus answers the question. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him and saying what? What question does it answer? It is, your, is it your will for me to be whole? Yeah. What are we supposed to believe? God wills my health. If you've been challenged with a sickness or a disease, COVID-19 and its symptoms, God wants you well. I believe God wants me well. It is his will. And you can see that throughout scripture. But also, look at the next one, Matthew 8.8. 8. These are foundational truths. I need to know God wills my health. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Jesus went on to marvel at this man and what he said and said, I've not found so great faith in all of Israel. Notice what the man said, speak the word only. What does that teach us? What does that tell us? I don't go to God and just say, heal me. I go to God and I say, you said in your word, you restore health to me and heal me of all my wounds. You said by his stripes, I was healed. You said in Psalm 103, you heal all my diseases. And we can go on. If we don't have a word as a foundational basis, what are we standing on? There's no foundation. I need to know what God said. Speak the word only. When we act on the word, this is so important. Then we got God's attention. His words are life to us. His words are held to all of our flesh. Look at the next one. Matthew 9, 28. He needs to have this from us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. They said to him, what? I'm preaching better than you're shouting. What did they say? Yes. He needs our yes. The man on the cot who was there for 38 years, will thou be made whole? Uh, I don't have anybody to help me along the way. Get up. I'm just going to leave. What? After 38 years, you think he would have said yes. Will you be made whole? Yes. But he didn't. That's why Jesus said, you really want to be whole? Okay, it's my will that you be whole. I'm giving you my word, letting you know I want you to be whole. Now, do you believe I'm able to do this? Why is he saying that? Because you know what? There's some situations we encounter in this life and you think, God can't even do that. That's how the natural mind works. My goodness, they're too far gone. Can God really do that? What's the point? I need to know God's word. I need to know what he said. And then I've got to put a yes to it. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Yes, he responds yes. Amen means I agree with it. So I've got to have a basis for faith, which is the foundation of my faith, which is the word of God that is sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So no matter what the challenge is, COVID-19 or whatever, these symptoms in Jesus' name have got to bow to the word of God. I'm giving it my yes. And I'm saying no to you. <clears throat> the next one, most important, Matthew 14. And when the men that of that place had knowledge of him, Everybody say knowledge. I realize it's talking about they recognize he was there. But let's spiritualize that just for a moment. We need to know him. We need to know him. 
We need to have knowledge of who he is, what he stands for, and what he has done for us when he died on Calvary's cross. We need to know him. This is relationship. Okay, look at the rest of it. They had knowledge of him. They sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and brought unto him that, that, that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. That's knowing Jesus, wouldn't you say? He healed them all. They all that, and they just touched him. When they had knowledge of him, true knowledge of him, all they had to do was touch him. And you know what? It's like that today. We need to know. We need to know. You know, before my older boys were born, their mother couldn't have children. And that's why I'm telling you, if it wasn't for what I'm teaching today, I wouldn't have my two boys. And my daughter would have been killed. It's a serious message, is what I'm saying. Why do you say that? Because she couldn't have children. But when I and I said that it's not the will of God we have children. I said that I didn't know. I, I had I had zeal but no knowledge. Then I was introduced to Psalm 128 by Jose Feliciano, not the singer, my friend. And he said, "Read Psalm 128." I read that Psalm 128. Your wife will be like a vine by the, plant by the side of your house, and your children, plural, around your table like olive plants. Your children. Children. I fell to my knees. I repented to God. I misrepresented you. I said it's not your will. It is your will. I see it here in Scripture. I believe. I believe. I went home, laid hands on her, prayed. Power of God came on her, healed her. And within two weeks, she was pregnant with my oldest boy, and then he came along and I thought, dear Lord, stop this. You started it, stop it. It didn't happen. I got three more after that. So anyhow. Next, next one. Look at Matthew 15, 27. Another key here. These are the keys. This is the woman, the Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was possessed of a devil. And she came to Jesus for healing. You know the story. He barked at her, basically calling her a dog. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. This woman persisted. She was not taking no for an answer. She said, it doesn't matter. You can call me a dog, a pig, whatever you want to call me. As far as I'm concerned, I want my daughter well. Call me the dog. Dogs can have a crumb. We have a right to the same crumb. It's the same loaf. It's the same ingredients. A crumb is enough to heal my daughter. And when he heard that, he said to her, Oh, woman, great is your faith. For this saying, the devil is gone out of your daughter. Imagine that. How powerful is that? She wasn't backing down. So persistence is necessary. You know why? In the middle of a storm, you might have to write it out. But you have to write it out in faith. Paul said in the middle of that storm, after he said those words, I believe it shall be as was spoken to me. It still had 14 days that they were going through. He stayed in faith. So these are some foundational keys. Now, here are the helps. I, I um, don't want to call it like steps to follow because people think it's a formula. So I'm calling them helps. To help us receive from God. To help us be better receivers from God. No matter what it is. It's healing, deliverance, a mate. Whatever it might be that we're looking for from God. Step number one. And here it is. Be decisive. Be decisive. What do you want God to do? 
We need to be decisive. Can you imagine going to a grocery store, you're calling your wife, and she says, I want you to pick me up some groceries, and I'm in the store. Okay, thank you, and hang up. I got the buggy, and I'm walking through the store. And after half an hour, the guy sees me with an empty buggy walking through the store. He says, is something wrong with you? No, my wife wants me to get some groceries. Well, what are you doing? Uh, she didn't tell me what she wanted yet. What do you want? I don't know. Why didn't you call her? Oh, I never thought of that. You get the point. What do you want? I want healing in my body. I want deliverance for my soul. I want restoration. I want strength. I need financial assistance. I need help. Father, I need something. I'm decisive. What I want from you. I'm looking for a mate. If you're looking for a mate, you, you have a right to ask God to send somebody into your life. You realize that? You do. So whatever it is that you're looking for, be decisive. This is what I want, Father, in my life. I want healing for my body. I'm using natural means. I'm using medical means. But I know even in some cases they say they can't even help you. It's too far gone even for medical means. I need your intervention. I need spiritual means. And so I need healing and help. Now, number two. Are you ready for it? Find scriptures that promise the answer. Find scriptures. Oh, well, just tell me what. No, 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 no. Find scriptures that promise you the answer. You said, look at Psalm 103. Let's read it. You said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his what? Benefit is a condition of a contract negotiated by the covenant heads. They come together, whether it's labor and management, they come together and say, yes to this, no to that, yes to this, no to that. And finally they come together and they say, yep, yep, that's it. We can agree to that. We want to give them the next three years. We want to give them a 5% raise every year, etc., etc. They've agreed to it. All his benefits. Well, what are the benefits? God the Father, God the Son, God together negotiated the contract that we're under, the new and everlasting covenant, the blood covenant, and he put that all together and said, here it is outlined for you right here in Scripture. Okay, what are your benefits, Lord? Serving you. Uh, let me see. Who gives you hospitalization? A retirement plan? No, it doesn't say that there. Who forgives half of your sins? What does he do? What's the benefit? All your iniquities. See, I told you I'm preaching better than you're shouting. You should have really shouted for that one. Who heals how many of your diseases? All. You're getting better. All. You're going to God and you're saying, you, I didn't say this. You said this. You forgive all my sin. You heal all my disease. That's what He's given to me in the contract that we're under. But what he gives must be received. Has he given Jesus to the world? God so loved the world that he gave. Gave. Not going to give, but he gave his only son. It's up to us to receive who he's given. If we don't receive him, we won't be saved. He gave the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. If we don't receive him, we will not be filled with the Holy Ghost. In his fullness. Okay, so... Number two, find a scripture that promises you the answer. Let us gather together, plead together, says the Lord. In other words, sit down, talk with me, talk it over, and bring to me. In other words, plead your case. 
Father, you said, you, Jeremiah 30, verse 17, you said you, you restore health to me and heal me of every wound. You said 1 Peter 2, 24, with his stripes I was healed. You said Matthew 8, 17, you healed all that were sick that I might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. You said, call upon me, I'll answer you. Go with the word. So number one, decide what you want. Number two, find a promise. Because you see, just like Noah, he made a promise. He can't back out of that promise. That's how faith works. I need to know what he said. So if a person doesn't have a word, a scripture, what are you standing on? Number three, ask for what you want. I know that sounds silly, but you know what? Sometimes people don't even ask him. Ask for what you, Jesus said you got to ask. But look at 1 John 5, 14 and 15, how powerful these verses are. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he what? He hears us. See, he hears well. And if we know he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know... Everybody say no. We know we have the petition we desired of Him. How does faith work? I've asked according to His will. That's how I know He heard me. I know He heard me, and what I ask, I have it because I know He heard me. How do I know He heard me? I ask according to His will. What's His will? His will is for me to have this promise that I presented to Him today, so I know it's His will. So I know He heard me. So I know I have it. And thank God for it. Look at the next one. Matthew 7. We go back again to relationship. Ask, and you might receive. You shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asks, what? Receives. And he that seeks, finds. And him that knocks, it shall be opened to him. And now here it is. He lays it out. Or oh, what man is there among you, whom if his son shall ask bread, would he give him a stone? A fish, would he give him a serpent? If you then being evil can give good, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Would you say those three beautiful words with me? How much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that what? What do we have to do? But we're asking knowing His character. Having a relationship with Him. And that's speaking relationship because I know what I would give to my children. I know that. You know what you give to your children. And you know how compassionate you are toward your children. But he is saying, you need to know when you ask your Heavenly Father, you've got to understand this, man. He loves you more than any natural father could possibly love. His children, her children. And so therefore, just ask. Knowing that. That's called relationship. And look at the next one. In James chapter 4, once again... From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence of your lusts, even of your lusts that war in your members? You lust and have not. You kill, desire to have, and you cannot obtain. And here it is. You fight in your war, yet you have not because you ask not. Did you ask him? Did you ask him for that mate? Did you ask him for the strength? Did you ask him for the healing? Did you ask him for the Holy Spirit? But then he goes on and says, you ask and receive. There it is, that word again. God's the perfect giver. We're the imperfect receivers. He says, you ask and receive not. And why not? Because you ask amiss. 
that you may consume it upon your lust. In other words, your motive for asking is wrong. Oftentimes, even when it comes to healing, I understand this is not an easy thing to go through. Whether it's COVID-19 or any sickness or disease. Anybody here in favor of sickness and disease? Everybody here love it? Can't wait to get the flu next year? What flu? There's no flu anymore. It's only COVID. Has there been any flu? I never heard of flu this year. You want to stamp out the flu? Have COVID. I don't hear a thing on TV about flu. It's all COVID. Right? So, we're talking about if you're asking with the right motive, you're asking because of this. I want well, not so that I can do what I used to do. Play a sport, dance, work out. And that may be good that you want to do all those things. But you know why I want heal? Because somebody paid the price for my healing. You know why I want delivered? Someone paid the price for my deliverance. Someone shed their blood. Someone bore stripes on their back. Somebody was absolutely crucified so I can be healed. So the reason why I'm asking, Lord, is not for a selfish motive, because I understand you bore the penalty. You paid the price for me to be well. So number one, I'm telling you what I want, healing. Number two, I found scriptures that promise the answer. Number three, I'm asking you in faith. And with the right motive. Number four. And here it is. This is the one that's really tricky. Believe you have received. Before you ever see any evidence of it. Believe this, And again. This is the tricky one. And people get stumped. We can all get stumped here. But look at the scripture. What it says. Mark eleven twenty four. This is from the Holman Christian Standard Bible as well. Therefore I tell you. All the things you pray and ask for. Isn't that what we just talked about? Believe that you have received them. doesn't say believe you are going to receive them. This is the tricky part. And what will happen? You will have them. This is contrary to the way we think. We've got to see it to believe it. He says, no, you've got to believe it to see it. So receiving involves believing I received it before I see it. It's just the opposite. I've got to believe I received it before I can see it. So I believe I have received it when? The moment I asked him for it, I believe I have received what I asked him for. I like to say it this way because I think it helps us understand this concept. If you believe you have received it in its invisible form, then it will materialize in its visible form. I receive a dollar. I believe I receive a dollar. I believe I receive a dollar. I believe I have received a dollar. I asked you for a dollar. I believe I have received a dollar. No, I don't see it in my hand. But I believe I have received it in its invisible form. And then if I believe I've received it in its invisible form because I asked him, it will materialize. It might come in the mail. Whatever way. But I've got to believe and go on believing I have received it in its invisible form. And thank him for it so that it materializes in a natural world. I didn't see her healed the moment I laid hands on her. But it materialized because I kept thanking him every day. We didn't see Andrew instantaneously healed. But we thanked him every day for nine months that he has a left pulmonary artery. Even though we didn't see one. And even though they didn't see one. But then as they tested him they said there's a thread there now. 
We have to believe we've received it in its invisible form for it to materialize in its natural form in the material world. That's the tricky part. It's not always easy. Look at the next one. Look out. Stand against doubt. Because doubt will come to our brains faster than machine gun bullets can fly. Getting us to doubt that he heard me, I received it, I have it, because everybody around you will think you're a lunatic. I mean it. I'm just giving you the truth. I'm not saying it's easy to walk in this. But I'm, I want to become a better receiver. We all should be want, want to become a better receiver. Why? Because God has given us so many things freely. It's up to us to receive what he's given. And James made it very clear. It's because of doubt and unbelief that we fail to receive. Isn't that what Hebrews said? That they, the gospel didn't benefit them because they had unbelief? They couldn't enter the promised land? Okay, resist doubt. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-5. through 5. And it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, but pulling on a strongholds, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing it into captivity every what? Oh, why did he say every? Couldn't he say every other? Every other. Every other thought to the obedience of Christ. No, every thought. Why? Because the thoughts will come. You're not healed, check your body. You're not healed, what did the doctor say? It's not getting better, it's getting worse. And so, what, what do we do? We kind of lean toward that understanding and we don't trust Him with all of our heart. No, He wants us to fight the good fight of faith. Well, what kind of fight is the fight of faith? It's a fight with words. It's a fight against thoughts. Stand against the thoughts and imaginations because those thoughts produce images which produce strongholds that are satanic. And so we are to not yield to that, but yield to this Word of God and stand against the doubt. You say, I'm not well, devil. I know I'm well because you're a liar. Even though my body doesn't say it, I believe I receive and therefore I have it and I'm thanking you for it. That's how we receive and then stand against doubt. But the next one, continue to meditate in the word or the scripture that you used when you asked God. Remind yourself, why? Remind myself, because faith is not an intellectual force, it's a spiritual force. It's got to be here coming from the heart. So protect the heart with all diligence because out of it comes the issues of life. My son, attend to my words, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, listen to what I'm saying, think about what I'm saying, and hear or believe what I'm saying is what he's saying in those three, those couple of verses there. Listen to what I'm saying. Think about what I'm saying. Finally, believe what I'm saying. And then they are life. They are life unto them. Those that find them. And what? Health to all their flesh. And then keep your heart with all diligence. Because out of it flow the issues of life. So there's where the healing is coming from. Guess what? You've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You've got the Spirit of God that raised up Jesus from the dead, dwelling inside you, dwelling inside me. He is there for us. And what's He doing? Wanting to quicken our mortal body. Wanting to quicken, give life to, add health to our mortal bodies. And where is He at? On the inside of us. You realize we can stir up the gift of God on the inside of us, be being filled with the Holy Ghost is on the inside of us. We can believe to receive the glory of God. We can unleash the glory of God on the inside of us. You see, it's not ha me having to go somewhere to get it. We were at Children's Hospital, praise God. There was no service going on. I didn't call up, uh, you know, anyone in the hospital and just say, you got a Pentecostal service going on, I want to have someone come pray, so we can come and pray. No, we got our Bibles out and just said, this is what you said. They say my son can't live. 
but your word says he will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. I recently had a talk with Andrew about his visit in heaven again. I'm telling you, that he's just on fire to get there. He wants this, this uh, red heifer to be the red heifer in September. That sounds the trumpet and Jesus comes back. But he was saying to me, Dad, it's so beautiful there. The flowers, the trees. He, I said, you were 14 hours old and you were sitting there with Jesus on a park bench. He goes, yeah, it was amazing. Amazing. Streets are golden, he said. The flowers are beautiful, he said. I can't wait to get back there. Tell everybody. See, just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's, a reality. it's not a reality. I didn't want to say this to him. You came back because mom and dad didn't let you die. He'd probably been mad at me. No, we said, you will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Psalm 118, verse 17. No, we said, we will give you praise, Father, because you heard us. And we have, we have the petition we desire of you. We thank you for his life. Can you see that? And again, I'm not saying it's easy for anyone. But finally, let's look at the last one. Number seven, praise him. Praise him. We did this for nine months. Praise him nonstop for the victory. I will praise you because you heard me. In the book of Philippians chapter 4, look at how Paul put this together. And remember, Jesus taught Paul the gospel. Be careful for nothing. Uh, we probably all miss it right there. Don't worry, have anxiety about anything. Anybody worried about the end times? Anybody worried about what's going on in our nation, our country right now? I'm going to let this echo in your mind resonate throughout the week, okay? Throughout the day and then throughout the week. I believe. When someone comes up to you and just says, what's going on with our presidency? I believe. I believe God. Well, aren't you concerned about... I believe God. Stop right there. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God to do what He needs to do to get what He wants to have done here in this nation, here in this land. I believe God. It's time to stop doubting and being unbelievable. I believe God. I believe God no matter what. He's bigger than the problem. He's bigger than the mountain. I believe God. So, in everything, by prayer and supplication, notice the next phrase, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then whatever things are good, true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, good report, if there's any virtue or praise, think on these things. Notice what he's talking about. Don't get into worry, anxiety, and fear, and frustration, and all that, because what that will do is absolutely undermine your faith and stop you from receiving what God has already given you. So God's already said it, and it's, and it's about to manifest, but we cannot stop it by doubt, unbelief, worry, anxiety, and fear, because all those things, guilt, condemnation, sin consciousness, fear, all those things will stop us from experiencing the reality of our, of, of our miracle. So, look at the last verse. Hebrews 13, 15, by him, therefore, by him, therefore, who are you looking to? Jesus, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. If it's a sacrifice, it means it's going to be something difficult to do. The sacrifice of praise to God, how often? Continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So, Praise God. Number one, this is what I need, Lord Healing. Number two, 
I'm looking at the scriptures. I know exactly what they say. This is what you said in your word. Number three, I am asking you for what I need. I'm number four, believing I have received it already in its invisible form. Thank God I'm standing against every doubt, every unbelief, every suggestion of the devil that tells me I did not receive it. And thank God I'm going to continue meditating in these scriptures. And I will but praise you and thank you continually for the miracle. Because I know you're at work. Because you're watching over your word. You're making it good in my life. I'm standing on your word. I believe I receive it. I know I have it. Oh, thank God I know I have it. You know when Jehoshaphat sent out the praises, you know why he sent out the praises? Because once the prophet spoke and they had the word from God that you don't have to fight in this battle. The victory is yours. The battle is the Lord's. The victory is yours. They just sent out the praisers. Praise God. We heard from heaven. There's nothing left to do but praise. And so when you know you made connection with heaven and you know you've received from God, what's left to do is just to praise Him continually. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. Praise God. I have received it. I therefore have it. I trust in you more than I trust in what I see. Let's all stand together before the Lord.